Welcome to Punk Frockers, a community sewing podcast brought to you by Jenny Hassler and Beverly Baptiste. Good morning, Jenny. How are you doing? I'm doing really well. How about you, Beverly? I'm doing great. I'm excited to talk about sewing gratitude today. But first, what have you been sewing? Oh my God, nothing. Absolutely oh. nothing. My slump continues. So I've cut out a bunch of stuff. So I'm like super ready to sew. One of the things I'm excited about coming up is I've cut out another Tate romper, which is one of my favorite patterns right now. And I found when we were moving and sorting through all of my fabric, I found the leftover roll of cotton upholstery fabric that I had printed with flamingos to recover my grandmother's wingback chair. And the chair was recovered. It's covered in flamingos. But I found the fabric, I washed it up, and it is perfect for a Tate romper. And so I have cut out fabric. <laughs> that is in... going to be one interesting <laughs> garment because that'll be very structured, right? And it is. It is. But that... it's not overly structured. It's okay. once you wash it up, it's a little bit softer. It's okay. like um, like a lighter weight denim. And hmm. I think it's going to be just fine. But okay. if it isn't, you know what? It'll be a fun experiment. I'll get some amazing photographs and then it will go in the bye-bye pile. So <laughs> it's always possible it won't work out, but I'm excited about that. What I've mostly been doing is video gaming. So my video game of choice is Diablo 4. So this is now a Diablo 4 podcast. And <laughs> I... <laughs> I am almost, I thought I'd be at five by the time we got here, but I'm not. I'm almost at my fifth 100 level character, which is exactly as time wasty as it sounds. Um, and we are just waiting for the next season to be released, which will happen later this month. So for all of you Diablo foreheads, which is probably not what we're called, but maybe, um, yeah, just DM me and I can hook you up with some real quick, intelligent thoughts about character development within the game. Um, how about you? How, how's your Diablo game coming? Yeah, we actually have that game at this house, but I don't play it. That's, and Jim Jim plays it, but not very often. So he doesn't have 100 level characters, I don't think, but maybe. Um, okay, so what I have made recently is um, a set of PJs. And I made this entirely from swap fabrics. Oh, that's cool. Um, at the Baltimore Swap, I got, this is the second time I've been able to get this, but I got a a good size piece of uh, art gallery fabric cotton lycra. Yes. And that is really soft. I don't know if you use their. I have. It's actually pretty expensive um, mm -hmm. knit fabric, but it's very, very nice. And it was kind of a you know, a jammy looking thing, maybe for kids. Um, but I used it to make a grain line studios, hemlock tea, which is a free pattern. And I like that pattern for pajamas. It's a very, it's an oversized t-shirt and, um, it's very cozy, like comfy. So, um, I used that 
for the top. And then the bottoms are drafted from my relaxed fit block. So of I've course. all three of the blocks that I made in Brooksanne's pants class. And um, those I made with this, I got this like uh, dark pink striped seersucker cotton fabric, which I just okay. thought would be so perfect for pajama pants. And they're like, Palazzo pants, only I have them a bit shorter because for PJs, I don't like them yeah. too long. Anyways, I usually take those off when I sleep, but nice for lounging around in. Anyway, super, super comfortable. Um, I don't put pockets in my PJ pants because I don't. <laughs> um, but yeah, anyways, that's what I made. That's pretty cool. So you're very committed to them being PJ pants because otherwise you'd put pockets in them because what if you wore them out? But yeah, they're very solid committed. I like it. That sounds amazing. Um, want to talk about new patterns? I do. Awesome. The first one you got here. Yeah, this is Picnic Wear. They have made a dress called the Deja Vu dress, which goes up to a 66-inch hip. Um, it it notes that it is reversible, and they don't mean inside-out reversible. They mean you can put the front in the back or the back in the front. Or the opposite of that, whatever that would be. You can turn it around so the front is the back or the back is the front, which means that the shoulder is it's like either there's yeah. like no fitting or it's made for people with tinier. Chest. Well, I was going to note that the yeah, the, the problem with that is it makes an assumption about the size of your chest. It also makes an assumption about the placement of your shoulder seams. So, yes, there yeah, are some things true. about that that I find to be a little bit complicated for sure, but it is very clearly an incredibly loose, unstructured sort of a dress that uses a tie belt to bring it in. Mm. Um, it's adjustable. Each size fits a range of bodies, so it can be a consistent fave in your closet despite fluctuations in body. Again, lots of questions about that because, um, because, yeah, I, I think that body size changes don't the ones we're worried about are chest. And that's not necessarily where you see the most fluctuation. But your front and your back shouldn't fit nearly the same. But that's OK. Versatile. You can make it out of any fabric, which is true for pretty much anything. And adaptable um, people adding second tiers. So it just notes that as a short dress, it's it's ripe for possibilities to lengthen it. It doesn't have a closure. It's just a pull over your body thing. And it is uh, short and sassy. Which I, I find think to be that's actually, um, for me, the length that it is, is a tunic length. Yes, it is very much for you a tunic. Because <laughs> you, you would be showing some butt if you yeah. were not very careful with it. Um, I, I thought it was an interesting kind of fun. It's the sort of thing that I could imagine myself making a bunch of versions of to kind of play around with. But mm -hmm. But I just thought it was, I thought it was kind of interesting. So that's the Deja Vu dress by Picnic Wear. Yeah, it has like that bib kind of front on it with the, the the sleeves just coming straight off of there. It looks very simple. Like it says difficulty adventurous beginner. I think that's pretty beginner. But um, yeah, I'm not sure what makes for the adventure, um, whether it's the elastic or the gathering at the sleeves. Or maybe on it's the sleeves style. Or... <laughs> maybe. <laughs> um But anyway, it's it's kind of interesting. It reminds me of Hinterlands, the way the front is done. That maybe it's not Hinterlands. Is it a different one? Which is the one that comes that has that front? Oh, you're talking about the March dress from Helen's Closet has that. Oh, I might be the March dress. So it reminds me of something is all it does. I'm remembering the wrong dress, but it reminds me of something else. It's it's interesting. Yeah. 
Okay. The next one, I put this in here because um, I think I might buy this pattern. Okay. And um, I'm not really buying that many patterns lately, but um, the green style Brooklyn jogger is really cool. There's lots of photos in there. I The photo I chose is because you could easily see the lines of this. You can yeah. use different colored fabrics or whatever, but they have the one great thing with um, green style. It's like this with patterns for pirates and a few others is um, there's many, many pictures of all mm-hmm. different bodies on there. I think it's really great. By the way, I found this through, um, I don't know that I had this. I, I thought it was on green styles list, but anyways, I found this through the curvy sewing database. Yeah. Curvy pattern database. Curvy pattern. Curvy pattern. Yeah. And um, that's a great resource that people should check out. I think um, they do an awesome job and they also have um, opportunities for people to help them now with that. Anyways, um, this uh, jogger has this, these pieces I think are so great for like color blocking, but they also just look like a really comfortable joggers. Like there's all different angles that they show on this. And I thought I might need to make these. Um, cause I have my, you know, my, my favorite Hudson pants ones, yeah. and, um, but I might have to try these ones. What do you think of them? I think they're really interesting. I have so many questions about how the features, like they note a back bridge and yeah. you can see the way it comes down the side of the pant. I'm really curious as to whether there's a functional impact of that. Is there something about that? that makes it wear better or more comfortable, or is it mostly a visual enhancement? Yeah, I think it might be, I think it, it, it aids a lot in fitting. If you have like bigger backside or whatever, you could maybe yeah. use that, like a yoke on jeans, you know? Yeah. Um, but I think that also a lot of it is just the way it looks. Yeah, but I think the way it looks is neat. Like, I think yeah. that's a neat style. I just am curious as to how much form versus function in terms of it. Sure. But I think it's it's a nice looking one. I still have never really found a way to add pants into my wardrobe <laughs> particularly well. <laughs> Although I had someone reach out to me who has purchased from my closet before and said, hey, I've adapted and made fit a bunch of the items I bought from you, but I have a handful that I just... I'm I'm not going to be able to make work for me. And before I give them away to others, I thought I'd see if you wanted any of them back. And and I looked through and one of them is indeed a pair of overalls that I I have missed. I wondered if I should remake like uh-huh. the next time I'm in that store, do I try and get that fabric again? And so I, I think I'm getting one of my pairs of overalls back. Wow. <laughs> Which is kind of funny, so because um, overalls are a thing I figured out how to use. That's the one way I've been able to integrate pants is in the form of a romper or a play suit or something. So, but those are really interesting. I like the picture you chose as well. It very much highlights the the lines. Yeah, yeah. amazing. Well, so today, part, just oops. real quick. Yeah, you'll have to cut this little section out. But I filled some things in here and it's not on there. I don't know what happened to it. I don't know. But I should be able to, I'll just add in anyways, I've had thoughts. So. Okay. I wondered, but I figured you were just going to go off the cuff. Okay. Okay. 
Um, so this week we're going to talk about sewing gratitude. So gratitude specifically around our sewing practices, people we know in the sewing world or other things like that. Because I think I think often, first off, that's a part of January's for a lot of people anyway, is sort of a, mm-hmm. an opportunity to stop and think about what's coming up ahead for you, what's gone in the past and mm-hmm. how you feel about those things and being appreciative. So I wanted to do that. Um, so the question for both of us today is what people and things are you grateful for sewing related only so that it doesn't become too big because there's so much to be grateful for in the world. Too mushy, right? I mean, very much. I hate mushy. We hopefully will never come to a mushy point in our podcast. (laughs) Um, so, um, yeah, and I'll, I'll just start. One of the things I'm really grateful for right now is accountability partners. I, I have a love hate relationship with accountability. There's, there's a piece of me that's like, if I'm being held to account for something, I just automatically kind of push against it. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't always work for me. There's a piece of me that's like, well, if you're going to make sure I do it, I guess I'm not going to do it at all. Like very mm-hmm. much a rebellious 13 year old or whatever. But when Joe from Fat, Fat Thighs and Mermaid Pants reached out to me and said, hey, I'm going to take that Brooks and Camper class, too, but I'm a little bit nervous about whether or not I'll actually, like, do the class. And I said, oh, my God, I'm so nervous about that, too. And she said, so you want to, like, hold each other accountable? And I said, I, I think I could. Do, I think so. Yes, that sounds really good. And so we agreed to I feel to like that. that has more potential for you because it's not somebody externally holding you accountable at somebody who is also part of it. Yes. That's my hope. So that will also (laughs) engage your competitive nature, which you probably don't like to think that you have, but you do. I hadn't even thought of that. No, I totally do. That's amazing. If Mm -hmm. I can make this a competition. Yeah. You're like, (laughs) she is not going to outdo me on this. That's right. That's right. I'm not going to let Joe complete the class when I don't. So yes. I'm going to have to very so much do that. You can either sabotage Joe or you those are the choices. Your, yeah. And I think it's harder to sabotage someone who's in England. So yeah. I suspect and also somebody like, you know, unflappable like Joe, that's going to be hard. I to agree say. with you. So this is good. So there'll be no sabotage. Instead, it'll just be trying to make sure that my toe crosses the line seconds before hers does. Yeah. Got it. Got it. Um, no, I very much am a competitive person. It's, it's, it's a core part of my personality for sure. So I think that's going to be really, really amazing. Um, I've also found Lori of somebody or other's mom. We often sew together on, on weekends. We'll spend an hour or two in the morning. I, I say sew together. A lot of times it's either one of us talking and the other one doing some sewing or the opposite <laughs> because we, we don't always need the same things at the same moments, but I do find being able to turn around to Lori and, and say, okay, wait a minute. I've got the welt pocket. I've got it right here right now. I'm putting it in upside down again, aren't I? You know, like being able to do that is really, really helpful to me. And so it's a different kind of accountability because it isn't towards a specific project, but it's more of a, I think what it is is that she forces me to stop and actually think about what I'm about to do mm-hmm. Instead of just do what I normally would and just kind of plow ahead, I'm I'm yeah. required to think. You also had that with fabric scraps. Remember when yes, you were absolutely. making or something? Yeah. Absolutely. That was incredibly helpful. And there are lots of people out there just on the day-to-day where you'll you'll be able to have those conversations and have somebody like push you just that little bit that you need mm-hmm. to be able to do what you're trying to do. So I love accountability partners 
where it's something where we're both in the same boat or in a similar boat, I guess is what it is. I don't like it as much when they're standing on the shore reminding me that I should be swimming. Yeah, like, exactly. It's not, exactly. as, not as delightful. Then I'm just like, no, I'm getting out. There's no way yeah. that's not fair. So, so I like that a bunch. Well, my first one actually is kind of related, which you're not going to be surprised at, but I'm very, very thankful for Brooksand Camper. Um, I, I feel like my sewing life has changed from being in Brooksand's classes and like, I'm, I'm in this like weird spot right now because I'm not in one of the classes and I feel like I'm so (laughs) jealous that you're about to get the emails every day of like what you're going to do and it's so, um, it was really exciting for me. The interesting thing is there is a, um, like a network it's through mighty, mighty networks or something or mighty yeah. networks, um, that you have for sharing things with people and stuff. And, um, I think most of the people that take that class don't do it like in time of the class. So like I was right. always the first one to have anything. So, um, there was kind of less of that. And also I, I kind of felt like, like I didn't want to post everything I did because I felt like I was, it was too braggy or something because other people <laughs> were not at that point, but yeah. of course everybody can be wherever they are, but I have been just so inspired by that. And, you know, there were some things I was really resistant to that Brooksanne taught in the class that I kind of, and there's some things that I do a little differently, especially on my final garment, but I, I really am proud of myself for, well, this is supposed to be gratitude, but I am, I guess, grateful <laughs> for myself then for, um, for trying what Brooksanne did because I have come to really appreciate so many of those things. So really, really thankful for, for Brooksanne's classes. So I'm going to, I'm going to take us off on a slight detour because of what you just said about being proud of yourself and then being like, no, no, it's okay for me to be thankful for me doing what I did. Um, When I was over the holiday, I play Mrs. Claus in a local whatever thing. After Christmas, we continued to have some shows. And my job in the the tent that I was in was before the show. So it was just people wandering around having hot cocoa, warming up, getting ready to go out and walk in the cold. And my booth became a thank you note booth after Christmas. And the goal, the idea was kids would come over and I'd help them write thank you notes to Santa and then I'd take them to Santa or whatever. But more of what I actually did was as people would come up, the kids weren't interested. They don't want to spend their time. You know, it'd be like, hey, if you want to color, that's cool. If you want to leave it for Santa, that's fine, whatever. But you adults, my guess is in the last year, you've had something that you should have been thanked for and it didn't happen. So why don't you write yourself a thank you note? Why don't you take that moment to put that on paper for yourself because you deserve it and someone should do that for you. So it can be you. And so I got left for me and also taken away. People would take away their notes quite often, but I had so many notes left for me that were notes of people just calling out something great they did during the year that they never got thanked for. And I thought that was, I think it's a really powerful part of um, sort of gratitude is remembering that it's okay to be, it's okay to be grateful for yourself too, because you do amazing things. So thank you for calling that out here. 
So I didn't do one. I don't deserve thank yous. <laughs> yes, you do. What do you so, deserve thank you for, Jenny? <laughs> Mrs. Claus did not take care of this herself. Um, I'll think on that. <laughs> I'll think on that. But it, but it's important. Like mm-hmm. it is important. And so yeah, I'll try and I'll try and internalize that as well. But it's mm-hmm. I think it's worth mentioning here because yeah, yeah I, I'd encourage listeners to take that moment to be like, you know what, actually I am going to toot my own horn. I'm pretty awesome. And this is why, because, because we all are in our own, in our own ways. Right. So um, I think if I had had to write it during the Mrs. Claus moments, I would have been like every single night before I go to do this, I think, why the hell did I sign up to spend my evening sitting out in the cold doing this? (laughs) And I went anyway because I mm-hmm. promised a friend because it was important to some of the people who came. I got thank you notes. People left thank you notes that were like, I really appreciate you reminding me that I'm valuable and have this whole thing that I should be thanking myself for. So mm-hmm. it, you know, that probably would have been what I thank myself for was going through with the commitment that I had made because it was important and it, it was a good thing. And I was, I'm really pleased that I stepped it up, especially since my car did not start on two of the nights when I was ready to leave. <laughs> Turned out my fob. Uh, my car isn't old it's from like 2016 it's not particularly old but the the fob i have one of those push button start cars and the fob battery was apparently dying yeah so every time i'd go to start it it would say your key doesn't isn't the right key and i'm like but but it's the same key so i had to go to the dealership and get them to change the battery because i could not figure it out oh really (laughs) yeah you're just supposed to have to i read instructions online and in the booklet you just Stick a, yeah, I, stick I've a done screwdriver that. under and pop it up, right? Yeah. I could not get a screwdriver to go in there. And when I got into the dealership, they're like, I can tell you tried. <laughs> <laughs> but they took for, took care of it for me <laughs> and were very kind about it, other than that slightly snarky response right there. But um, anyway. Okay. So the next thing <laughs> that you have is inspiration. I do. So I have a bunch of them here and I'm just going to run through them unless you want to do in every other situation. But um, I really start with being just incredibly inspired by what you're doing, um, starting with your Obergata dress, particularly the moment where you were like, I'm just going to I'm just going to figure this out and I'm going to do it because I want to make something that's uniquely for me. And I'm going to use the word Obergata, which is thankful or appreciation in some fashion. Right. Thank you. Yeah. So it's a, it's a thank you dress. It's exactly Mm -hmm. this, right? And just starting with that, where I think your first dress out of it is like the, the dressification of a Beverly. Like it looks (laughs) like you just to, just to start with, right? And then taking that and taking additional steps to the point where you've taken two out of three of, of Brooks Ann's classes, which means you're, you're headed for some real sorrow when you finish the third one because there isn't another one waiting for you. <laughs> but watching that journey has been really inspirational and has had has been something that has made me rethink all of the hesitations I have around designing. Because as as you know, especially when we started talking years ago, I I don't want to have to design for myself. I, I don't want to have to do that. It it's a heavy burden for me and being able to see the ways in which it can be light and joyful again is really nice. That's like a, a, an amazing gift that you have given me without meaning to give it to me. It's like a really big thing. So I love, I love that. 
and will continue to enjoy watching that develop and hope to take the tops classes class with you. Yeah, like, we'll take it together. That's yeah. my plan. So that's exciting. Um, I also, Terrence Williams is somebody we interviewed a bazillion years ago and I love, like, I guess the way I would start with, there's nothing that Terrence makes that I would ever wear or want. Like, it's not for me. It's not mm-hmm. the right stuff. It's headbands. It's these flowy lace. That, they're just not for me, but but if you've ever looked at his feed, if you've ever followed the videos that he does and all of this, there is there is so much joy evident there. It is it is the most caring, beautiful, loving, joyful experience of watching this production line that Terrence has put together. So I really, really love it. I love watching his Insta. I love the way he claps back at people who have nasty, mean things to say about his modeling of his garments and his mm-hmm. makeup tutorials, which make me wish I was that makeup person because I, by God, learned how to do all of that because it's so yeah. amazing. So I I find Terrence to be incredibly inspirational. There's joy there that I like to hope I reflect some of when I dance. Like I think about Terrence and his movements when I'm doing mm-hmm. that. So love Terrence. This one, I don't know if you've ever looked at or followed Su mm-hmm. Ching LaSalle's. And there's a link in the show notes. Her designs, her designs are big, oversized, very gathered. No two fabrics the same across all 78 pieces that put together design or whatever. Like it's a lot of color blocking and pattern matching and pattern clashing. Yeah. I, again, it's another one of those where, like Terrence, I think for the most part, there's absolutely nothing Sue is doing that I would want to have for me. Uh-huh. But I want all of the joy and the artistry that's sort of represented there. When I sew something colored blocked somewhere in my brain, Sue Ching's designs is there. Right wow. in my head mm-hmm. is in that background mm-hmm. space. When I make something oversized, some part of my head is always thinking, I don't think I could make it as big and as amazing and as bright and as everything. But I hope that some of that inspiration is in there. So I, I find Su Ching LaSalle's designs to be inspirational, even as they are not for me. Now, I found her through one of Spoonflower's programs. They they award um, a certain number of small designers, an amount of money to spend in their shop at at um, at Spoonflower every year. And Sue was a winner, I want to say, in 2023 of one of those design scholarships. Um, and so uh, a lot of the fabrics you see in the garments um, are Spoonflower fabrics as well. Um, Chris Wood Sews, who does uh, primarily zero-waste, low-waste designs, the, there are several of her designs that I've loved and I've done in a long tear, right? I'm about to move back into a glow tear, which is um, one that I only made four or five of, but I discovered I really, really love it. Double gauze. And I want to make more because it's a, it's now I reach for it all the time. Now that my closet only has 42 items in it, I can see it. And so I reach for it a lot. So I want to make some more of those. Um, she is always doing something though with sheer fabrics that makes me just stop and bookmark and go back to over and over and over again. And she'll get like the weirdest 
things from um, stone mountain fabrics or somebody else where it's just like, hey, I found this sheer organza in orange with a yellow backing on it that I really love. And I'm going to make this wild ass thing that is completely see through that I'm going to slide on over something else. And isn't it awesome? And it's always awesome. And I don't understand it because I have a fascination with sheer, but also a terror of sheer. Because I don't think my internal finishing is good enough to be a sheer person, but maybe that'll change after Brooksanne. But the point would be absolutely love that in, in inspiration. And then finally, Besta Hesta, and it's Besta underscore Hesta, is a designer who went viral maybe four or five oh, months ago. You know, I know her from Project Runway. Oh, really? I didn't know she was yeah. on Project Runway. She was on Project Runway twice. <laughs> she was also in the All-Star. Yes, yeah, she was on Project Runway, and she made it to the finals. Um, didn't win, but made it to the finals. Um, and, yeah, and then she came back, or they came back, I don't know, um, as, uh, yeah, they came back um, to the to an All-Star one. That's awesome. So I know them because they went around and became viral three or four months ago on the basis of a video that was talking about um, design for fat bodies and how okay. everything should be that. And then I started following them on Instagram and I discovered when they run sales, almost always their sales are on their plus sizes only. So oh. if they've got a pair of pants, they'll define where plus size begins and that size and up will be on sale 30% off and straight sizes will not. If you want the straight size, you can just fucking buy them because you know who doesn't get the benefit of sales as often and doesn't have as much access. That would be fat people. They don't make as much money. They don't have the access. And so I'm only going to put my fat sizes on sale. And I, I yeah. really love it. And they use as one of their models, Jordan Hall, who is a non-binary model that I really appreciate, has a um, has a body shape you don't see very often in um, modeling spaces is is a truly fat model. And I, I love all of that, but, and this is really the big, but I am not as avant-garde as I would need to be <laughs> to, to wear pretty much anything that Vesta has to designs, because if I was, I would be too cool for the world. It just wouldn't yeah. be a possibility. Um, so they inspire me to be more than I am in terms of my fashion. Yeah. Um, really, really love them. So I recommend all of those for a follow. That's so great. Beverly, Terrence, Sue, Chris, and Besta Hesta. Go follow. Nice. <laughs> How about you? So my inspiration that I um, had thought about was actually not spe as specific. This year, I've used a lot of inspiration from Pinterest, which I had yeah. kind of fallen off using. And one of the one of the really helpful ways is like I have boards for um, like first when I took skirt skills, I was like, I don't even know what I want to make, like what kind of yeah. skirt would I even want? And so I started um, putting in, you know, just searching in Pinterest for skirts and I found, oh, I do like this one. And then of course, as the way Pinterest works, if you click on one, then it'll give you more yeah. like that. And so I was able to kind of build these boards and when I don't know what to do, I kind of go back to those boards and look at them. So Pinterest has been a real source. I will say that something that's annoying, actually, I wish there was a, a, an option to purchase a subscription so you didn't have to have ads because um, yeah. most, they used to be like, 
like every 20th thing was an ad. And some of my boards, when I'm looking at it, I'm like, I don't remember picking this. And I realized that like uh, over one fourth of the posts that I see on there are not what I put on there. So, um, I, I don't really like that, but, um, anyways, it's a, it's an option of a good thing. Um, and then the other thing I really get a lot of inspiration from is like, when I look at Instagram, there's a hashtag, not everybody uses it, but an, uh, enough that I kind of get some ideas. If I'm not looking for a specific pattern or something, I'm just kind of looking for, um, something I might be interested in to make myself or whatever. I put in hashtag sewing dresses or hashtag sewing pants or hashtag sewing. Oh, tops. Okay. And um, some people use those, you know, when they, when they've sewn something and it could be for any pattern. And so it might not be anything in your size. It might not be, but it does for me when I'm just looking for the shape, it doesn't matter. Right. I'm just kind of getting right. an idea of what, um, I want to do. So, um, and then the other source of infor- inspiration, this is kind of funny. Um, for Christmas, I asked for this Bernina big book of feet, which Jim yeah. bought for me and said this, we should get our money back. Cause there's absolutely no feet in this entire book. <laughs> <laughs> But of Before course, feet, they, need, man. <laughs> they need sewing feet. And I think it's very interesting that Bernina can charge you a hundred bucks for a book that will just get uh-huh. you to buy more stuff from them. But um, this, for some reason, looking at this book and the feet, the sewing feet, it makes me want to do the things that require those feet. Yeah. Like it's very inspirational to me, which is really weird. Yeah, Baby Lock has something similar in their inspiration guides, which aren't isn't, I think is really similar because it does involve like, here's a thing you could do, and it would take these feet and these stitches to do yeah. this other thing. And they do it's the same thing. It's a hundred to two hundred dollars to buy one of those inspiration guides. And periodically, my local one, when they would sell the machines, you'd get the guide for free or yeah. half off, which is like really unfair. It should always <laughs> be free. Um but yeah, that's 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 neat. That's a really neat one to get access to. Um, I think the the last one for me is something that I watch that's inspirational. I watch draping videos on YouTube. <laughs> okay, this is cool. Um, do you do draping? I do not because you know what I don't have. I don't have a dress form that looks anything like me. Now yeah. I have thought about buying one of those little miniature dress forms that sits on your desk. Just for the purpose of kind of playing around with draping to decide mm-hmm. if it's worth the money it would take me to have a dress form that fit me. Because the thing I think I've realized is I don't want to make one. Like I'd be happy yeah. to, I know Brooksanne has a, a thing on making them. And if Brooksanne ever wanted to do a live class in her studio, I would come get a hotel for the week and I would do it there with I someone. Does, I think she does those. She didn't last time I talked to her, but she was thinking about doing them. She had done them in the past. If she ever does it, I'll show up and do it because Mm -hmm. that would be different. It would be different if somebody was sitting there with me and making me not just take breaks and step away from it, but like actually having us focus on and do this. And I might be able to do it if it was a class like the skirt class, like. Yeah. If it was an everyday, here's an email, post your pictures sort of a deal. But the point would be, I don't have that yet. And Mm -hmm. And I, I think I have to have that in order to do this. I don't think you can literally drape on yourself by yourself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. So not with pins the same way. Anyway. Um, 
Yeah, I I go back and forth because I don't really have the room for a dress form, although I can kind of see a place right now where I could put one. Um <laughs> with it. But like um I like Brixan's idea where she's she talks about like you always just want to get one that's smaller than you so you can pad yeah. it. And then you never want it to be where a size that you could get smaller than because you cannot unpad. Right. So um, if your weight fluctuates, you want to go with the smaller than you'll ever be and pad up. Um, right. And that's what they use. That's what she uses when she makes um, wedding dresses because she yep. needs something to put this yep. on. She does them for each person. Yep. Yeah, for each person. So it's always padded up. And I thought, oh, that'd be really nice. But I don't know how to drape anyway. I only know how to do flat patterning. But... The videos on YouTube are so fun to watch. And it's, it, I started going to YouTube to look for it after first finding all of Mood's videos, right? Because you can go to Mood's Instagram and see people draping all the time. Oh, yeah, yeah. And it, it, it is so inspirational. It's the sort of thing where there are fabrics at Mood that I look at and I'm like, I would never buy that fabric to make a pattern. Mm-hmm. But I can imagine buying six yards and draping something amazing out of it. Not... Mm-hmm. Not starting by finding a pattern, cutting the pieces out, doing it, but instead starting by, I wonder how I could pleat this to make it do this and that and the other thing. And so I find that inspirational, even though it's something I think I will never actually do. Okay. But there you have yeah. it. Yeah. That's a, that, those are, that's really cool. I've also found um, on YouTube, there's some videos like, um, that I've looked at for different like couture techniques. Um, but I did find that a lot of them it, it's, I, I got better results using craftsy for those because there were yeah. like, more classes on that. Um, and then the other thing that I'm really inspired by with, um, with these is I've been looking at these books on couture sewing and I'm not trying to say that I'm going to make everything a couture garment. I've just been really intrigued by the different techniques that's, that are used. And I got a book from Rain for Christmas from Claire Schaefer, or for my birthday, um, from Claire Schaefer called uh, Couture Techniques. And it has so many cool things in there. And I'm like, at night reading it, like I'm so inspired yeah. to read it. I, I It's just... I love it. And a lot of it is this, these different hand stitching techniques. Um, anyways, so those are the things that I'm really I grateful I think for. that is amazing. Um, and of course, we're grateful for each and every one of the people who download and listen to our podcasts. And if you share it with others, that's even better. So what about our Patreons? Oh, my goodness. When you have felt so strongly about this that you have ponied up some money to help support the podcast, we really appreciate it. And in fact, this morning we were even talking about what this year's Patreon gift will be. So you can expect to start seeing that in your mailboxes um, probably in February would be my guess. Yeah. So, well, um, I think this has been a nice discussion, Jenny. And I guess with that, we will see see you next Tuesday. Tuesday. Punk Frackers is created, produced, and edited by Beverly Baptiste and Jenny Hassler. On Instagram, you can find the podcast at Punk Frackers, 
You can find Jenny at J.O. Hassler and Beverly at Weeds to Wildflowers. Our artwork and music is created and performed by Jim Durand. You can find him on Instagram and his website at jimdurand.art.